I am Planta on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. A new book looks at the current state of organized crime in Canada. In the Wolf Pack, the millennial mobsters who brought chaos and the cartels to the Canadian underworld, the journalists Peter Edwards and Luis Nahera illustrate the groups who now import drugs into Canada, mainly cocaine from some of the most dangerous criminal groups, the drug cartels of Mexico. Luis and Peter join me now, and I'll ask them about the Wolf Pack Alliance and who makes up this group. I'll ask about what their trade is and how they're connecting together here in Canada and with groups in Mexico using the Internet. Luis Nahera is a journalist and crime analyst for Mexico who's lived in exile in Canada since 2008. He was a reporter for Grupo Reforma based in Ciudad Juarez. He received uh, a Master's of Global Affairs from the University of Toronto. He was the Penn Canada George Brown Writer-in-Residence and the recipient of the 2010 CJFE International Press Freedom Award. Peter Edwards is the best-selling author of 15 non-fiction books and one young adult novel. He appears regularly in the Toronto Star reporting on organized crime. He is uh, executive producer of the City TV series Bad Blood. This new book is published by Random House Canada. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program Peter Edwards and Luis Nahera. Uh, Mr. Nahera, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, pretty good. And uh, Mr. Edwards, good morning. Oh, good morning. Thanks for joining us both. Um, it, it's a riveting book, and, and um, you'll forgive me if I jump around because there's, there's just so much I want to cover. Uh, Luis, I'll begin with you. Um, the, the reason that you're in Canada, I guess it was 2008 that you came to Canada, was it because of your work as a journalist that you felt you had to leave Mexico? Yes, yes, that that's the reason. And actually, um, my first uh, my place of landing was Vancouver. We we arrived to Vancouver in 2008, and we lived for three years in the Delta area. I it's see. Pretty much, yeah, pretty close to Surrey. Right. Almost at the boundaries between Delta and Surrey, so that's a very um, a known area for me. Yeah, so so you write at the beginning of the book that, that um, what you saw in Surrey um, mm-hmm. actually surprised you, didn't it? Yeah, it surprised me because I wasn't uh, at, at the time I I, I I wasn't aware of the uh, you know the the existence of these uh, groups in, in in Canada and or, or most appropriately in the in the area where I used to live. And uh, as after that incident, when I found this this container with with, with packages marijuana, uh-huh. uh, that's when I started to okay, what's what's happening here? And then then I, I kind of uh, brought back my journalistic uh, senses and and eyes, and that's when I started to understand and to notice a lot of things happening in the uh, Vancouver area. I guess that's the thing, Peter. That I I. I uh... I don't know why I didn't realize this earlier until I read your book, was that all the, these, these criminal organizations, whether they're here or whether in the, they're in Mexico or in the United States, I guess they're all interconnected, aren't they? Yeah, they have to be. I mean, it's business, so money's going one direction, drugs are going in another. Yeah. What, um, in all your years covering uh, crime as you have, uh, Peter, um, did, 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 uh, does it surprise you, I should say, that... that um, the criminals are, are now using technology as they're, as they're using it. Um, not really. It was like it surprised me how um, how much is already going on and how deep it is and how good they are at it. But um, 
I remember a long time ago when I took history, there was a guy, Michael Bliss, who wrote a history of Canadian business. And right. the different phases of Canadian business are, are the same for um, legitimate ones and illegitimate ones. Like the, the criminals are doing the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, who makes up the, the, the Wolfpack Alliance, Peter? Uh, there's a lot of different groups, but the, um, uh, there's some Hells Angels, Red Scorpions. There's um, some... Um, some from the docks of Montreal. There's uh, some who are kind of neighborhood criminals who you couldn't really put into one group or another. But um, a big common thing is that most of them, not all of them, are under 35 and very, very um, connected to computers. That's sort of people who um, don't go half an hour without doing something on their smartphone. That sounds like most people under 35. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, Luis. Um, uh, when um, you saw what you saw here in, in in this part of the world in Metro Vancouver, um, what? Um, so that that was in 2008, and then uh, to, to today, um, the, the connection with with uh, the area in um, Ontario that, that you write about in the book. I mean, that th that was always there, right? I mean. The, if, if the connection is, 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 is uh, was just said a moment ago, north-south in terms of the money going to where the drugs are, um, there is a connection east-west, isn't there? Yeah. This is, uh, one of the things that uh, it's interesting uh, to me, it's, Canada is some, it's a, it's a massive country. It's, it's, yeah. too, it's big, but it's, it's small in terms of the population. It's, it's 35, 36 million. So um, as usually happens... Uh, Outside of the criminal world, uh, this is a small country, and, and, and sooner or later you realize that you know someone from the other part of the country. Uh, so, in, in, if if that happens in the uh, outside of the criminal world, well, in the criminal world, for sure, uh, there, there's connections and there's uh, communications and relationships between these these groups. Uh, it's, 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 I mean, actually, I remember uh, when. When I was uh, uh, in, the, in my early months in, in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, I was taking ESL classes in Delta, in the, in the Delta School District. Mm -hmm. That's where, where the, the government sent me to, to take English classes. Classes, And I remember that uh, one uh, day, uh, usually every day we have to read the newspaper to, you know, to understand English and to read and so on and so on. And, and, and one of these days I read... Uh, it was an article on the uh, Red Scorpion gang, mm -hmm. which is, was very well known in, in, in Metro Vancouver. And, and that moment was like, wow. And, and I remember that I was uh, reading and, and super, I, I think that the teacher noticed that I was super interested reading and watching and, you know, flipping the pages and everything. Yeah. And she was like, oh, probably she was excited that I was interested in, in learning English. Sure, yeah. In reality, I was learning about the situation here in Canada and then uh, how in those days the Bacon Brothers went to Mexico and then there's people from Toronto and so on. So, so yeah, this is uh, it's a very interconnected world. And, and the connection with Mexico, with, with organi organized groups here, um, that goes back decades, doesn't it? That's that's just that's not yeah. a new thing, right? Yeah. No, no, no. This is nothing new. There's 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 a, a well-known corridor between uh, Vancouver, Seattle, and goes 
California, all the way down up to Tijuana, Mexico, and then the Pacific where Sinaloa, the, 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 that area. So that corridor has been there forever. So it is it is well well known um, and, and recognized for sure for the for the authorities. And, and uh, Luis, the, the the main trade is drugs, is it? It's cocaine from Mexico. I mean, uh, do they do in uh, other goods, say, or other drugs? Yeah, it, it, this is a, an evolving business. Uh, uh, just remember the, the illegal trade between Mexico and the U.S. began with uh, alcohol, in, with the prohibition era right, in the state. Yeah. Then it, it was opium. Then it was uh, marijuana, and, and evolved. So it's the same here. Um, probably now it's uh, at some point it was marijuana. Now it's legal. Okay, so the situation changed. It is cocaine, and it will be fentanyl, and it will be never know what new drug. Right. Probably in the future. Yeah, Peter. Um, when I hear of gang shootings, especially here in, in Vancouver, as of late. Um, the people involved, as you mentioned a moment ago, were, were, are generally under 35. Um, there are older people in the organization, obviously. How do they, these older characters, how do they isolate themselves from sort of the, 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 the gang warfare at the street level? That's one thing I found really, really interesting with this book was the, the cutoff between maybe 35, maybe even a bit younger, and the older ones. And I know... Um, with the Hells Angels, the old guys don't want to get dragged into the drama of the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Also, they they just don't get as excited on they, they don't you don't they don't talk about Twitter and yeah. you know all these internet things. They they kind of are more face to face type of people, and they're more joined by geography. The young ones are more joined by by the internet, so geography doesn't really count as much. Yeah, um, and and in terms of of. Uh uh, the other fascinating thing near the end of the book is when you talk about COVID, the COVID era, I should say, um, how that's affected, say, business, if you will. Um, one would think because of, of, of the borders closed, um, trade, you know, trade and, and other, you know, other other forms of, of say, delivery uh, would be hampered. What, what have you found in terms of, of the last 18 months, uh, 24 months, say, in, in terms of, of how uh, these organizations have been doing? I had thought that it would it would dry it up a bit. I thought it would be tougher. And the point that Louise made that, that was really good was that these people are used to smuggling. I mean, mm. that's, that's what they do for a business. And so um, they're already, um, you know, adept at doing that sort of thing. I, I had thought that um, it might almost be a healthy time where people step away a bit from yeah. drugs and drug traffickers yeah. have more trouble. And we, we didn't see that at all. Yeah, um, I, I hate to sound like an old person. I'm 39, but um, you know, as I was talking about when um, uh, I, I read the news, I read Kim Boland here in Vancouver, and I, and I read about the, these people that that are being shot or that are involved in the business. Sort of, the, the, they're younger and younger. Um, just how, in terms of work ethic, um, you know, you, you write in the book that, that they seem to be on their phones a lot. They're, they're, they're lured by sort of influencer status on Instagram or Twitter. Um, do you think that that's a, a sign of, say, um, why they're in the news a lot in terms of getting caught, getting shot? Do you think there's I, a connection I think on there? The I, I think, I mean, Louise helped me with this a lot, too, is on the Internet you have to be loud or you don't get heard. <laughs> like the internet isn't a place for finesse, and so 
someone like Donald Trump can have a presence where, yeah, you know, yeah. back in the 1930s, he probably wouldn't have been noticed. Um, but the Internet is a place for, for screamers and drama and um, that you have to do big things or nobody knows you're around. Yeah. So does that affect their work ethic or, or affect their, say, getting caught by police or, or, or getting attention from the general public and then, say, affecting their, their uh, whatever they have to do with, with the, the, their organized crime work? Yeah, this this is. Uh, I mean, you can use it for for good or for worse, right? And in this case, uh, something that we notice is uh, how these criminal and, and this is not only kind of a Canadian phenomenon. This uh-huh. is a generational phenomenon, because in Mexico, for instance, there's have been there, there's cases of uh, a group of uh, uh, drug lords, emerging drug lords, who were arrested in the. Um, by the uh, police in Australia, after they were posing uh, in a, in a big in the Olympics in the 2000 Olympics, you remember that. So they went to the Olympic Games and they posed with Mexican flags and hats and and showing their pride to be supporting Mexico there. Uh-huh. And uh, someone at the police says, "Hey, I know these guys." So they wait for them at the airport and they caught him. And there's also another case, a, a more recent, of uh, a young criminal who was uh, always frequently and constantly and, and, and uh, enthusiastically posing with tigers uh, as pets, cars, uh, yeah. guns. And uh, at some point he was arrested. He was uh, extradited to the States, and apparently he cut a deal with, uh, with the government. He, he escaped uh, this uh, kind of parole that he had. Uh, he went back to Mexico, and a week later he was, he was killed. Uh, so at the end, what happened was okay. I guess he couldn't resist uh, anonymity. Yeah. He, he wanted to be seen. Yeah. And, and yeah, and social media is a great tool for that. And and we had a Wolfpack guy come to Toronto, and he actually got ejected from a, a Raptors playoff game for heckling, and he was supposed to be kind of hiding out, and he was on <laughs> TV. I mean, you couldn't watch yeah. you couldn't watch LeBron James without seeing this guy's screen. Yeah, yeah. He got shot shortly after that. Yeah, what? And I guess this is a um, also a way to to say um, uh, what do you call this? To um, recruit uh, younger people as well, isn't it? I mean, if if, if you can uh, project a, a lifestyle, a certain sort of lifestyle online, um, younger people may find that appealing and and, and want to join up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that. Oh, just yeah, everything that, flashy and shiny on the internet and loud, so it's almost like going to a carnival or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that that's a great tool that they are uh, using as a as a way to recruit people, uh, showing this uh, flamboyant lifestyle and 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 telling people, hey, uh, we're here. Actually, in Mexico, uh, years ago. Uh, it was noticed that uh, one particular cartel started to put these big uh, canvases on the street, saying, calling the, the the soldiers, the members of the military. Yeah. Have to, you don't have to eat, uh, you know, um, fast food. We we feed you well. We will treat you well. We will pay you on time. So those kind of things are attractive for for some, maybe for one, maybe for two, maybe for ten. We don't know. Yeah. But uh, they they know how to uh, take advantage of this need for uh, I would say uh, probably respect, probably this need for 
recognition, and and they are bringing people into their 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 groups uh, by doing that. Yeah, Peter. Um, You've uh, written about uh, gangs in Canada for for a while, um, for, for, uh, and and uh, done sort of great renown. Um, in terms of cultivating sources, getting information that that, that um, you get in your reporting and in, in in your writing, how have you found dealing with say gang members as source material? Um, it's funny, but people do pop up. Like I'm lucky to have a really lucky to have a good platform like the Toronto Star because if I write, people will call to um, say, you know, you could have also said this or mm-hmm. that a bit. And um, um, now the Internet allows people to contact me easily, so I'm I'm fortunate. And um, it's sort of odd, like, since the book came out, of, um, and that's just, you know, a day or two ago, I've had, you know, people from that world contacting me and, and uh, Shipping in with little extra things, or one woman contacted me and asked if her name was in the book, and she she wasn't that big of a criminal, but uh-huh. she was like relieved when I said no, you didn't make it. <laughs> Luis, in, in your work in, in Mexico, when you when you were covering gangs there, um, did you find that that um, people the criminal element were uh, willing to speak to you as well? Uh, sometimes, but uh, in Mexico, because of the situation, because of the war there, yeah. uh, I, 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 I'll say that uh, you have to be the extra mega super careful right. because one of the things that uh, sometimes people contact you for, uh, it's more like propaganda. So mm. they give you information from the other group because they know that if you publish that information, it's going to damage is going to damage the other group, and then it's going to create an opportunity for them to to act. Or uh, sometimes they try to use you somehow uh, because they know that in my case I work for uh, one of the most influential newspapers in Mexico, so they know that uh, you have a platform, uh, like Peter said, a, 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 a big platform. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you have to be extremely careful. And the other thing is uh, sometimes, you know, uh, people tell the story according uh, how they live the story and sometimes they don't necessarily live the whole story right. so you have to be careful uh, especially dealing with this kind of information because you may be at some point uh, either exposing someone that uh, doesn't want to be exposed and he or she has the power to kill you or that person is not necessarily 100% right whatever the information you have so it is it is tricky I yeah say. and you write in the book Luis that um, a number of your colleagues journalists that you work with that you knew um, I mean you put a number to how many have died because of the work don't you yes yes in my case I worked with uh, met or somehow acquaintances uh, 12 so mm. far so 12 people that, that, that some of them were my Good friends, my mentor, uh, and, and others that I that I work with, uh, and, and unfortunately they were killed uh, because of their job. And and you you, uh, uh, I think I think you cite somebody in the book who says that, that uh, covering crime in Mexico is akin to say the, the PTSD that the war correspondents get, right? Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately one of, in addition to to those who were murdered by by criminals or corrupt officers because of their work. Uh, 
one a good friend of mine also he took his own life because of the PTSD that he faced and, and, and he wasn't uh, able to I guess the the issue is and and something that I what when this friend passed away I uh-huh. talked with another uh, colleague there and and he told me you know what uh, you never we you never realize that how bad you are until you are in a very fragile situation mm. and uh, and I guess that that's what happened to 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 Jorge that he never realized that he had this issue this this PTSD at some at, up to the point that uh, unfortunately he he took his own life and um uh, there's a a quote in a in a in a in a book written by a Canadian doctor uh, Dr Anthony Feinstein who uh, he he treats and, and and research on on, on PTSD in journalists, and uh, in one of his books uh, he quotes uh, a, a former uh, New York Times, and, and he said that uh, the news industry is kind of a beast. He called the beast, and this beast is constantly feeding from new reporters that mm. uh, came to the field with you know this. Emotion and 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 that they don't they don't really are able to understand the the nature of this business and the risk and the the trauma that brings. Indeed, indeed. Um, uh, Peter, um, again, one another thing that surprises me as I'm reading your book is 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 um, how appealing a place Canada is for organized crime to thrive. Um, why is that? And 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 do you think? Um, we're behind in our laws, perhaps, in, in terms of why we've allowed it to, to turn out as it has? Yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of reasons. Some of the, it is, um, Louise pointed out, we've got really good internet. Some of it is all sorts of ports. Um, uh, Montreal is, is very close to New York City. The mm. Maritimes are close to New York City. Vancouver is close to, you know, major centers. So there's there's that, the big, huge border Um uh, it's easy to invest criminal um, money. It's, it's easy to get close to uh, municipal governments. You don't need a, a federal politician. You can um, do things on a local level. Uh, there's a there's a lot, and there's sort of a naiveness, you know, where um, we just um, are, are kind of asleep to a lot of it. Um, but all, all sorts of reasons, and I, um, I it's it, it's kind of odd because. I mean, Louise and I write about this sort of stuff, but we both are constantly thinking, gee, I wish I knew more about this, I wish I knew more about that. Like, there's all sorts of things that aren't really being explored that should be explored. Yeah. And so is that a symptom, then, of the, of, of the state of the media in this country as well? Um, I think there's a bit of that. I think there's um, probably just kind of a naiveness, too. Like, I think that people don't realize that um, when they say organized, when we say organized crime, we're not talking about Al Capone or Tony Soprano. We're talking yeah. about a business that you walk by every day. Or, a, I mean, there's a really nice apartment complex in Mississauga that I drive by a lot, and they were there were major cartel people living there, and it's one of the, the most beautiful buildings in the area. Like this is it, it's not it's not on the outside; it's on the inside, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I know a steroid dealer who sold them to to police. And he was with a wolf pack. I mean, this isn't stuff criminals on criminals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I guess this is the future of organized crime, isn't it? I mean, um, w- w- with the proliferation of technology as we see it, 
Um, th these are tools that, um, and, and you know, like like most other authorities, they're just behind in terms of, um, say, getting hip to, to how this technology works, right? Yeah. They, well, I, I think one of the interesting things of technology is uh, is pretty much is, uh, as technology evolves, technology becomes more accessible for good and for bad reasons. And uh, uh, the the police uh, and, and from the things that I have learned through the process of this book and, and, and my own uh, researches, the police has a, a, a good, especially here in Canada, they have uh, great resources. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end, this is a, a hide and seek game, mm. right? I can use, I can have probably less technology than the police, but if I use it correctly, I can be a kingpin. Yeah. And uh, so, at the, the uh, so the first step is always the one that the criminals give, yeah. rather than the police. Indeed. So this, this is it is complex in, the, in that sense, right? Yeah. One thing without sounding like a cranky old man, it's also amazing how much of this stuff is consumed by people. Mm. Like we're talking about tons of a product that gets watered down, and. Um, uh, I, I talked once to a, a drug trafficker who said, I, I'm not a pusher, people pay me for it, and they come to me for it. And at some point there is some sort of, um, I don't know if people get addicted, but there is some sort of responsibility to, you know, just not, not to buy this stuff. Indeed, indeed, yeah. I mean, you, you, even even that the term you just used, Peter, pusher, we don't hear that anymore because they don't really... The, the, you know the, the, these people aren't. I mean, the, the, when I was growing up, that's what people were, were warning me as a kid about, not not to let people push drugs on me. But I mean, you know, that doesn't really happen anymore, does it? Yeah, and I know people in the media who use drugs to try and get righteous about people selling drugs, mm. and it's, it's like getting great. Yeah, indeed. Um, you, you both have written such a riveting, fascinating book. Congratulations on it. I, I so appreciate your time today. Thanks for this. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. The book is called The Wolf Pack, The Millennial Mobsters Who Brought Chaos and the Cartels to the Canadian Underworld. It is published by Random House. Its authors, uh, Luis Nahara and Peter Edwards, join me on the line from Toronto. In Vancouver, I'm Joseph Planta.